This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly visit with Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw. Looking back at the Iowa game, and looking ahead to Saturday's game with UNLV, an important game for Iowa State to get on track before defending its regular season Big 12 title. We hope you'll enjoy our roundtable discussion. Guys, first of all, I'm sure you all rewatched the game like I did. One thing that absolutely jumped off the page to me when I watched the game again, I think Zach Peterson played one of the best games I've ever seen a Cyclone defensive lineman play. I mean, I know you don't get Big 12 player of the week honors when your team gets beat very often. But, man, he could have. He was just dominant and physical and taking on double teams. He was just phenomenal. He was terrific. I mean, the whole defense was really good. I mean, I think two plays, the third and long they converted, and then a really outstanding throw by Peters for the touchdown. Those were really the two plays that were really big plus plays for Iowa. Aside from that, Iowa State just really – was very dominant. And Zach Peterson, man, he was terrific. He was. We, we talked about it because we named him player of the game, obviously, for the, for the breakout player of the game. And it was interesting when you come out in the opening series and, and he's in, on, the, on the nose spot. You got Will McDonald on the other end. You got Zach on the other end. And I, I would agree the defensive line as a whole was very, very dominant. And it showed in the rushing stats in yards per play. They couldn't establish the line of scrimmage. I thought all three of them played very well, but Zach popped off the film. I would agree. He had an outstanding day last Saturday. In the uh, locker room show, I, I asked Zach, I said, so are you a little disappointed that you're you know, not on the kickoff team? Because we'd sure love to see you run down the field. He says, hey, I'm back on it. I'm back on it. <laughs> he said, I just love that freedom to run down and, and smoke somebody. You know, he made a play, and, and there were a lot of plays he made behind the line of scrimmage. But he also saved a touchdown when Goodson was off and running, and he tracked him down from behind at the three-yard line. I mean, his motor just doesn't slow at all. And I thought any played very well, too, guys. You're yes. right. It, what, Hark, what do you think of any with his NFL future? Do you feel it's as a nose or as a defensive end? Coming into the game, I thought Litterbaum was at Iowa, the center from Iowa. I, I, someone would have to show me a better offensive lineman than him in the nation on film because I thought, look, coming out of the Indiana game and even from last year, he does some very special things. What was really neat to see was any lineup straight across from him and pretty much a neutral draw. And, and that's what that's how good any played. He was playing against the best offensive lineman in the country, and he was stone. He was pretty much stoning him, and, and it was a neutral draw. And anytime you can do that when another team has a dominant player, and the game is about matchups, I think when people go to look at the film, they're going to probably see him as an inside guy, a defensive tackle position. He's so big and powerful, but yet he can run. So I think that's what's going to intrigue a lot of the NFL scouts is. You can put him on the outside on, on goal line or uh, maybe more of the rundowns, but he's dangerous inside on some of the passing formations. So he's going to be very versatile in the NFL someday. And I think at the nose, too. I mean, he, he plays nose in, in passing situations a lot, too, to get Iowa State's best pass rushers out there. I think for the NFL, one of the big things, uh, whether he plays inside or out, would be whether you have a, a 3-4 or a 4-3. I, I, I think in a three-man front, he could play that end spot and really uh, be great against the run there, too. Yeah, I have nothing but great things to say about him. I, I, honestly, watching him, 
after the game even further. During the game, I recognized what he was doing. Watching the film afterwards, he was even more impressive. Just like Zach. Zach was impressive during the game, but I thought he was even more impressive after the game watching the film. Those guys just had phenomenal days on Saturday. And, again, I think that will bode well for both of them in the future. You know, while we're talking about Andy, too, one of the things, you know, of course, he, he he's one of those super senior guys. But t- what about the evolution of him as a person as well? You know, his coming back and you know, he never wanted to meet with the media. He's worked hard at it and he's really good now. And I mean, uh, that took a real some personal reflection on his part to say, hey, you know, I really need to be able to do this. And he worked with the, the media relations staff and he has really uh, turned into quite a guy, too. I, I, I think you got to give him a lot of credit for that. I couldn't agree more and uh, did a media session with him in camp and he kept apologizing to everybody saying, Hey, I'm not a great public speaker. And in the meantime, he was a great public speaker. <laughs> he, he was awesome. I mean, he, everything he said was eloquent and well said and well thought out and sense of humor. And uh, he was phenomenal. And I said yeah. to him afterwards, I said, you're not giving yourself enough credit, man. You're a great public speaker. So I think Andy has come as far as any player that I've ever seen in that regard and was completely intimidated by the thought of doing interviews as a freshman. We do mock interviews with some of the young players to kind of get them used to the idea. And he was terrified by it. But now he's at ease. And it just shows you how much growth these guys make under this coaching staff and all the other people that are around them providing such a positive culture. We talk about the football part about it a lot, guys, but that's a great example, Eric, of a guy who has grown so much as a person uh, coming on campus. It's it's awesome to see. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. I want to talk about something that Eric brings up a lot in our broadcast throughout the years, which is how field position can really affect what playbook is available to you. And to start four drives inside your own 10-yard line last week, obviously, was one of the reasons why I think the Iowa State offense struggled so much because that playbook gets pretty thin down there. You know, if you look at that football game, and certainly both defenses were terrific. Iowa able to get the turnovers to maybe, you know, flip the game in their way. But the MVP of the game was the Iowa punter Taylor. I mean, he he was terrific. He he'd get them out of a hole when he needed to. He plunked it down inside the ten yard line and really kind of got our backs against the wall. Hard to find the rhythm. Matt talks a lot about getting that rhythm. A lot harder to do that against a good defense when you when your playbook is a little bit restricted. It was. So they had 170 yards of offense. But if you add the punting yards, yeah, if you in the net gain of punting yards, they did have close to three to 350. You know, as I watched that game, he probably made up 150 plus yards of field position or yards. No different than a running back running for an extra 30 yards or 100 yards. He probably had 150 yard total gain of yard change or flipping the field on our team. And that I would agree. He was the MVP of that that of that game for Iowa because he had 150 net yards when you take a look at how he played the game and where he was putting us with our backs against the wall. I mean, he flipped the game for that team, and without a doubt, he was our MVP for the day. Guys, what about the uh, ground game? It hasn't been awful, but it it can certainly get better. We know that. We know what Brees can do. We've seen what those other two young running backs can do. They're really impressive. We know what this offensive line can do. How much can that help Brock? 
if we could just, and Matt talked about getting in a rhythm. I think it starts with the run game and having success on first down. And, and the Cyclones found themselves in an average and third down last week, it was third and eight was the average. And so, you know, third and two, third and three is a heck of a lot more doable. And I think the running game would just help tremendously if they can get that going this week. I agree. I think a big key to this week is sustained drives. I'm talking four, five first downs and just going for that first down. You know, we don't need a 20-yard play or a 15-yard play. You knock out a bunch of five-yard runs, six-yard runs, four-yard runs. You wear a team down in, a, in, their, in their defense out. And then also it does allow you to get in that rhythm because you have that defense on, on their heels. You, if someone's knocking out a four or five-yard run, you start squeezing up those safeties into the box and then it does open that field up for Brock. So a real key that I'm looking for uh, on Saturday is a sustained drive. You know, maybe not the big plays or the home run ball or the, you know, the ones that get all of us, the fans excited, myself excited, where you stand up and cheer. But a drive to me that's a 15-play drive where you have a couple 5- to 10-yard passes, a couple 5- to 10-yard runs, and just sustain a, a drive and take control of a game. I think that's what's really important to this football team right now. Because the defense is there, and if we can put an offense behind it, which we have, we have the players to do it, and they get this this worked out, we are right back to where we want to be as a football team. Well, I agree, and I, I would say you talk about finding the rhythm, you know, like you mentioned, sustained drives, and what does rhythm bring to a football team? Well, number one thing I think for this offense, it'll bring confidence. And I, I wonder if there's just a little bit of, uh, you know, some maybe doubt creeping in a little bit. They know they can do it, but until they do it, get some rhythm going, get some sustained drives. And once the confidence factor, I think, really uh, kicks into high gear, I think this offense is going to be the offense that we expected to see coming into the season. Iowa State averaged better than 36 points a game in Big 12 Conference play a year ago with a lot of these same guys. We know they can do it offensively. Uh, I'm convinced it will start to show this week, and it needs to because conference play – is just around the corner. Guys, let's talk about Las Vegas a little bit, and their quarterback situation is pretty unique. Doug Brumfield came in and played really, really well against Eastern Washington, got the start against Arizona State. They were right there with Arizona State until Brumfield got hurt. Not sure what his status will be this week. They were saying he's day-to-day. They've got a transfer from TCU and Justin Rogers, who's been the other primary guy to play, but they also have Tate Martell, who used to be the number one recruit in the nation coming out of high school and went to Ohio State and then Miami and is now back home at Las Vegas. And he's just got eligible to go last week. What do you think? What do you make of their quarterback situation and uh, this challenge of uh, facing this UNLV team, not really knowing what to expect? You know, watching Brumfeld play, he's one of those dual threat guys. He can run. He's quick. Uh, I thought he, for a redshirt freshman, he's made a lot of really good decisions and when to tuck it and run, you know, take what's there. He's a little bit erratic as a passer. He's got a strong enough arm for sure. But I think, you know, what it comes down to if he's able to play, that gives UNLV a much better chance uh, to be productive on offense because they've got a good running back for sure in Williams, who's rushed for over 3,000 yards. Uh, but, you know, that quarterback is what's going to make them go. And seeing Rodgers play in the two games, man, they're a different team when he's in there. He, he's just, he just hasn't been able to get anything going. Uh, I think he's averaging two yards per attempt in passing. He's been sacked a number of times. So I think, you know, as UNLV's given up nine sacks 
in the first two games. I think the pressure that Iowa State, can, if they can keep Brumfeld in the pocket, then that really will limit his ability to hurt them with his legs. And, you know, you get a few sacks, and, and once again, he's, he's a freshman, and things could really collapse for him. Yeah, we play a lot of teams like in this in the preseason, and you and I is no different. They had some kids that transferred in from other schools, highly recruited, doesn't go the way that they want it to go at the school that they get to, or something doesn't work out and they end up in another place. Martel's that guy for, for UNLV, and I think he's a very dangerous person. We haven't seen him yet. You're not the number one recruit in the nation by accident. There's some ability, obviously, there, Ohio State and, and Miami uh, noticing it. So I would be surprised if we don't see him on Saturday. So the good news is our defense has played outstanding. With you and I's quarterback obviously being a scrambler, we're used to it. We can keep it in front of us. We have great defensive ends. If anything, it's going to give Will McDonald another chance to keep this run alive with all these sacks. Yeah, not to mention Zach and Annie and <laughs> anybody else we put in there. Hey, Cyclone fans, for the extra edge that comes from looking and feeling my best, I reach for my authentic brand gear. The style and comfort of Authentic Brand by TCB Companies delivers that boost of confidence to be my best. Authentic Brand gear can do the same for you or your entire workforce. Outfit your life with Authentic Brand gear by TCB Companies. And don't just do it, do it in Authentic Brand. Yeah, defensive line has really, really been amazing for Iowa State so far this season. And the linebacker play has been excellent. Jake Hummel uh, continues to play at a super high level, too. And Obviously, Mike Rose is doing his thing, but there's so many places you can point on this defense. Anthony Johnson, Aishim Young, Kamani King. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys on that side of the ball playing elite football, which leads you to believe that you're not that far away from getting on a, a big winning streak. One guy you mentioned there, you know, who I think just continues to play terrific football is Anthony Johnson. I mean, the whole defense is playing great. Look at the respect. I mean, they just don't really throw his way. I mean, he, he, he's, been, he's been so good, so solid. He's such a confident guy back there. I'm going out on a limb and predicting his first career pick come Saturday. All right. I like it. I like yeah, it good a lot. thing, too, is, yeah, the depth of this team. You know, I think we've been seeing it the last two weeks, and it's a Cyhawk week. We all want to beat Iowa. Who doesn't want to beat Iowa? Iowa's ranked now fifth in the nation. They're 10th the day we lose to them. And we talked about this in our pregame show. This That game was bigger than the Cyhawk. And you, you, it's hard to believe or what I'm saying. I mean, if anyone believes in the Cyhawk series, it's me, you know, an Iowa kid that played in the game. We are on now on a national level. You know, you look at the, the, the amount of people that viewed the game, 3.5 million, I believe it was. That's a national game on a national audience of two top 10 teams. We have a lot to play for. Everything's in front of us. We have a very deep team. But back to what we keep saying, this team is not built for just 2021. The cupboards are full. 2022 looks bright. 2023 looks bright. The recruiting classes coming in look bright. You know, this place is in a really good spot for a long-term, some sustained success as a football program. So I'm, I'm optimistic and feel great. You know, I, I know we lost the game, but I still feel very good about where we're going right now. Absolutely. You know, and you mentioned <clears> – <throat> You know, so many people think this has got to be Iowa State's year. You know, well, you're right. It's built for, for the long term. The young players that played, whether Eric Horn uh, being in the rotation more and Gary Vaughn doing a great job out there. TJ Tampa's playing meaningful snaps. And we all know what a terrific athlete he is. And I think he can be a game breaker at corner moving forward, too. So and then even late in the game, you know, with Hunter Deckers, Eli Sanders, those guys showed that they've got some real spark and flash as well. Yeah, Jalen Knoll, 
just scratching the surface of what he's going to be. Both Freeler played exceptionally well. You're exactly right, Hark. I mean, this is these guys are stacking classes on top of each other. And just because we haven't seen a ton of these guys on the field yet, because there's so many veterans in front of them, does not mean there's not a lot of really, really good players waiting their turn. Tyler Miller is another one that, that you know, I think is going to be tremendous at Iowa State. There's so much reason to think that this thing is indeed built to last. Yeah, and then there's interest from high school kids right now. I was on the sidelines prior to the game. The number of four, and I think there was even a couple five-star recruits at that game. So they're getting looks from really, really top talent. And as the game did not go our way, we had a few too many turnovers, obviously made some mistakes. But I am still as, as uh, optimistic about this season I was before the game. We got a great opportunity. We're going to be in other big games. We're going to be in other national, national televised games that are going to be main events. You know, the 2.30, 3.30 game where we're going to get a lot of views. That helps recruiting. It helps the program. And uh, I just am happy with where we're at and the opportunities we're going to have this year. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Guys, the opportunities for the kids this week is really cool. I mean, this is going to be Iowa State's third straight game away from Jack Trice Stadium that is played in an NFL stadium. Jerry World for the Big 12 championship game, Fiesta Bowl in Glendale at the Cardinals' home, and now the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. And for the players, that's a great Really cool thing. And on top of that, they're going to have probably 20,000 of their fans there to cheer them on. It is going to have almost a bowl game feel to it. And I'm really excited for the players just to have this fun opportunity this week. That's what college football is all about is the experiences. And they're going to have a great experience this week. Hey, Hark, what was the, what was the best trip you had when you were playing? Probably the Vegas trip is this one. So outside of a bowl game. We played in Las Vegas my junior year, so it would have been 99. It kind of gave you the feel of a bowl game and all the fans that traveled out. And that's what's really cool is, is you know, Vegas sees a lot of teams will come in for preseason games, obviously. I don't, I'm not sure they're going to see a fan base that will travel like Iowa State does, which that represents us very well right now, especially where we are with college football. The unique part about this stadium, you know, the, when the NFL plays there, they play on natural grass. But for UNLV, they, they play on artificial turf in that same stadium because they truck the grass field back outside. It'll be our first game on artificial turf this year, too. Let's see if everybody looks a little quicker. I hope we're not in the same place that uh, Monday Night Football was. You know, triple over, you know, it's going in overtime. And what a game, I, I don't want to play that game. Oh, it's an amazing game in that stadium. I just, I, I don't want it to be that game on Saturday. Well, you know, the last time we were there, you know, it was 2008, and Iowa State lost an overtime game. So, no, definitely don't want to recreate that. Let's just uh, go out and take care of business. So, uh, Hark, when we start with the uh, field conditions report on Saturday, we'll start off, first of all, by just asking you which field is out there, all right, the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the turf one or the grass one. So that's amazing that they do that, by the way. Shows you how far technology has come. But, guys, it's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to this trip and uh, seeing the Cyclones play like they're capable of uh, heading into Big 12 play. Appreciate your contributions, as always. We'll see you Saturday. All right. Sounds good. Go Cyclones. Today's SciCast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.